You're listening to Talk Amongst Friends. I'm here, Kayleen, with my co-host, Kim. Tonight's topic is going to be bio family versus chosen family. This should be a good topic. Kim, how are you doing tonight? I am feeling no pain tonight. It is Friday night. I have had a very good Friday night, and I'm coasting. Happy hour was had, people. Yes, it was. We both went to happy hour with some folks that we've been going with. Oh, with some chosen family we've been going with. There you go. Speaking of file family versus chosen family. So this topic is just going to be the two of us tonight. We uh, we scared everybody else off. Well, we've been slacking and we haven't put it out there to invite it to invite anybody to join us. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, there will be times when we have people, there'll be times when we don't have people, but, um, this is a topic that is going to be interesting because, um, it's kind of dear to my heart and some things that I'm going through right now. Um, as I've talked about in previous shows, uh, my nephew was accused of, uh, shooting someone and we recently had to go to court for that. So he was found not guilty on the, uh, they were charging him with um, attempted murder, like in the first degree, which I knew would come back not guilty because there's there's just no way. I, I'm sure he didn't have any intent. And then on the second one was a hung jury, nine to three, which was assault with a deadly weapon. Apparently, which I didn't know, everything was all circumstantial. So, you know, it's really hard to convict someone on circumstantial evidence. Um I do want to talk about when I went in there. Um, there were family members, of course, that were in there. Uh, when I started walking in, I had a reaction that I didn't know that I was going to have. I mean, my legs turned to fucking jello. And it's really interesting because my bio family has this fucking idea that Auntie Kay wanted to be there and she wanted to ruin her nephew's life. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to straight up tell you right now, I did not want to fucking be there. And that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life because I love my nephew. I love my nephew. I've always loved that kid. I I mean, we were close for a long time, so it was really hard. And when I got up there, I was shaken. I, I could barely even, before I even sat down, I was in fucking tears. I was a fucking mess. I couldn't even speak. And I tell you what, that's the first time that boy's ever seen me cry. So I turned to look at him and he was crying. So we were both crying. You know, it's, and I hope he understands that this is, this is me doing my job. This wasn't anything else. It was about my job. It wasn't about, oh my God, I'm going to get my nephew in trouble. I'm going to do this. I was doing what I needed to do. Well, and but I, I don't think it was about your job though. Okay. And I think, I think what this whole thing from the outside looking in has been about for you is a moral reckoning. Well, it was about my job, though, because in my job, I have to have morals, Kim. With my job, I have to have morals, right? But you'd have them anyway. I mean, Of course I would, even if it wasn't my job. You're right. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But this right here was definitely me doing my job as well. And I didn't want to be there. I was subpoenaed. I had no choice but to be there. If it was up to me, I I wouldn't have showed up. Because who the hell wants to testify against their family? Literally. But my... My nieces and my nephews, my other nieces and nephews believe that, you know, I guess I was there to get my nephew in trouble, you know, and it's, it's, it's disheartening to me. It's very disheartening to me when they question my loyalty 
There's a difference between loyalty and morality. We've discussed this plenty of times on this show. And um, I think it's a shame because over the last two years since this shit started, we haven't had a Christmas. We haven't had a family Thanksgiving. My mother is about to be 80 years old. Nobody comes and visits her. It's completely and totally just ridiculous. You know, it's awful. It's awful. And a lot of people don't come visit their grandma because, you know, she tells it like it is. She She's no bullshit. That's what it is. So, you know, you know who have held, who's held me up in these last two years, Kim? My friends, my friends, my chosen family, the people that I thought would be behind me and still support me in this are nowhere to be found. I have one niece who supported me, one niece. That's it. Everybody else kind of doing their own fucking thing, talking shit about me behind my back. And you know what? At this point, my chosen family is better. And I'm okay with that. I am perfectly okay with that. Well, the one thing that I have found oftentimes is that with my bio family, the stuff that they really feel comes out in moments like like these, in moments of crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because your spouse and I have spoken before about the similarities with my ex-spouse. And how the perception of my ex-spouse by my bio family was very similar to what she, your spouse, feels she has endured. I think the instant reaction, particularly when you're in in an interracial relationship and you're a person of color, the immediate reaction is that's an outsider. And that outsider is influencing you in a way that is negative. Yeah. Well, my family feels that I was influenced now after my testimony, that I was influenced by Tina, that I wouldn't have walked back in my job if she hadn't have, you know, told me to do the right thing. Motherfuckers, I was going to do the right thing anyway. I just needed to hear it from somebody else. So no, that's not the case. And that's what pisses me off. Not one of these assholes. Okay. Yep. I did say assholes. And if you have a problem with it, call me up. You know my number. Not one of these assholes bothered to see how I felt about this. How was Kayleen feeling about this? How was Auntie Kay feeling about going in there? You, they fucking all think that this is something I wanted to do. This is breaking my goddamn heart. Are you kidding me? It broke my heart. It was but the see, hardest thing they I've ever feeling, had to do in my life. What, the what they were feeling ever. with you, though, Kay, you've talked about this on other shows. The perception about you as different or as outside of your bio family existed long before this case came up. That's true. That's true. Because, you know, yeah, I've said it before. They all think that Auntie Kay thinks she's too good for them. That's bullshit. Auntie Kay doesn't think that she's too good for you. Auntie Kay just made different decisions than the goddamn decisions you're making. Well, And I'm and- not going to be part of those decisions or your life if you're going to continue to roll down those shady ass lines that you do you know what i mean well and look Without throwing at somebody under the bus the perceptions that you talk about them having of you even as a child the things that they said oh, about yeah. oh yeah you're your... gonna be gay you're gonna marry a black man yeah. you're... yep yep i mean the fact of the matter is for me when i look back on the relationship that i have with my bio family i see patterns i see mm. trends 
Mm-hmm. Those things don't just happen. They don't just turn on a single event. They don't just turn on a single dime. They don't just turn on one choice or one decision. It's what people have felt all along. They just couldn't say. They just felt like they mm. could not express. And maybe like in my case, when my grandmother was living, my grandmother was all about appearance and the appearance that this family was tight knit and this Mm. appearance that we were close and the appearance that we all got along. And there were times when we did. I don't discredit that. But as particularly as my my contemporaries, so my cousins, those folks my age, mm-hmm. as we got older and we made different life choices and we made different decisions about what we valued and what we didn't value, who we are and the contradiction became crystal clear. And we could not mm. hide that anymore. We could not pretend anymore. And so naturally, I gravitated toward people who understood Kim. Right. To me, it's just like when people make comments about anti-gays or anti-black legislation or anything that applies to me. I have to ask myself the question, if you truly loved Kim, if you truly, honestly, genuinely cared about me, how can you hold an opinion that directly contradicts my existence? Mm -hmm. Like when gay marriage came up, that was a huge eye opener for me because the reaction of my bio family versus the reaction of my (laughs) family was utterly, it was off the chain. You saw my wedding, right? You saw my wedding. Everybody that was on my wedding, except I had some cousins, you know, some first and second cousins that were there that were at the wedding. But for the most part, no, my sisters, you think any of them were going to go? You think any of my nieces and nephews were going to go and watch that shit? No, because, you know, they're all they're all serving God on Sundays, except, you know, Monday through Saturday. But because, you know, you can be forgiven on Sunday. But my point of the matter is, see, you got me saying that word now. My point is, Kim, the point of the matter, right, is these people just want to judge you. They want to make assumptions about you. They don't know me. And that's what's sad, dude. You know, I used to be close to my nieces and nephews. Take them everywhere. I did shit with them all the time. Pick them up. Did things with them. You know, but honestly, in the hopes that I would break this change and change their mentality to do better. But apparently that's just too hard. That's just too hard to pick yourself and get out. And it ain't all of them, but a lot of them. And I am very highly disappointed in that shit. And it's it's pretty sad. It's inherently what you, what you believe for me. That's what I see is what you are, what you are at your core, what you are at your root, what you truly honestly believe sooner or later that comes out. It doesn't matter how you try and dress it up or clean it up or fix it up or hide it. Something as simple as jokes. I will tell you truthfully, I was grateful. I had an absolutely beautiful wedding. Damn near every member of my family was at my wedding or in my wedding. 
But the truth of the matter is, Mm -hmm. they were all too happy when I got divorced. Oh, of course. So and it had nothing to do with the person. It was that, oh, she's finally through this stage. Oh, she's finally gotten over this. Oh, she's oh, finally she's find her a man recovered now? from the <laughs> instantly. Or something as simple as clothing. I would literally be around my cousins and they would be like, why she got that boy in pink? Boys don't wear pink. Why? Why don't boys wear pink? That's gay. What am I? What am I? Mm. And it truly well, I mean, you know, I'm not straight. registering. I'm straight. I just happen to be married to a woman. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know what? Even to be conscious of that fact, right? Because I have a younger cousin, second cousin, and you know, his mother and I, my first cousin, we're not tight. I don't particularly agree with her parenting style. But the one thing that I have to give her credit for is that she went down in flames defending her child. She is transgender. She was born male, but she very much has transitioned to a female. And my cousin respects her identity. She respects her dress. She respects her name. My Aunt Pat, however, on the other hand, the child's grandmother was so disheartened Mm. and so disappointed, she would not even let this child know when my grandmother's funeral was because she didn't want, she was afraid for everybody that he would show up dressed like that mm. and everybody would see it. Yeah, that's that's fucked up. See, man, I tell you what, family can be the harshest, honestly. They can be. Dealing with family, I've found, is some of the harshest emotions that I have ever had to deal with. Some of the deepest, hurtful, most hurtful shit I've ever had to deal with. And, you know, at this point, I'm resigned to... Uh, living my life the way it is now without them, honestly. Um, you know, the once in a while seeing them, the once in a while chatting with them, the it's, 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 but it still blows my mind. It still blows my mind. I just thought it would be different. And sometimes it's not different. And, you know, the funny thing is if something really went wrong in my life, right? Like, I don't know, what I don't even know what I've had happen to me. I'm sure I've had some things happen to me. And I got to tell you, the first people I've thought of calling, of course, are my mom, Tina, and my friends. I've never thought about calling my sisters. I haven't thought, oh, I think I'm going to call my sister in an emergency. Are you fucking kidding me? That is, and that's what I'm talking about. My chosen family, no matter what, I promise you, I probably have at least five people on speed dial that I can definitely call and they would be there with no questions asked. They ain't going to think about it. They're going to be there for me. Well, and I, I don't, I don't have family like that. I don't even have family in my favorites, but one, and, and I know I could call one family member. I could call my niece Katrina and I know she would be there in a heartbeat, not even question me needing her. And she has been there for me through this whole time. And I felt sorry for her because I know she's taking black for it. And that's total bullshit. 
That's well, that's, but that's your definition. Bullshit. See, that's what we in relationships have difficulty with. We define family by biology. The very nature of family is tied to who you're born in the same bloodline as. And we our disappointment is predicated on what we expected that to mean. Because we're in the same bloodline, blood is thicker than mud. Blood is thicker than water. Kinfolk, there you go. You stick together. Yeah. You, you know, you you live and die by this stuff. And so when you Fuck feel that. when you grow up mm-hmm. with that, and we as a society have, not just us as right. individuals, but we're we not as a society have, when you grow up with that and you don't get that, the disappointment is that much greater. And so truthfully, even when you're building relationships with chosen family, in my case, you go into it with some suspicion and some trepidation because of the experience you have with your biological family. It's like we were talking before in the last show, actually, when we were talking about childhood drama and some different things that had come up in our discussion when we were talking When you think about the fact that in my case, my father was not a presence in my life, not consistently. Mm. If I think to myself, now this is the one person who's supposed to love me unconditionally. This is the person who helped conceive Mm. me. If this person can't love me, I must be awfully fucked up. Right, right. I must yeah, have this some shit, serious. Problems. You're right. Yep, this shit affects your fucking psyche. Absolutely, it does. It, it does. absolutely does, and it affects yep. your own personal self esteem. And so you go mm-hmm. into other relationships because the model for your other relationships, whether they're intimate relationships, friendships, even your parent children relationships, even your relationship with your own children, if you have them, those are all begin with the model that you learned in childhood. So if you start with a jacked up model, you have to do some serious work to overcome that model, to be the friend that you want to have, to be the parent that you wished you had, to be the intimate partner that you want. You got to be what it is you want. And you can't do that without a lot of work when you've had a jacked up model to begin with. Right. And I right. don't but think the whole people thing understand is, don't that you a lot. want to shape that model? Don't you want to change that model? You know what I'm saying? Yes, Tim? you it's have like, to. It's like, it's like the patterns. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody, it's like you look at my family and it's like they don't want to change the familial pattern. They'd rather just fucking be who they are, run the streets, do drugs, do whatever. Are you serious right now? Like, oh my God, it just, it blows my mind. Like nobody thought, hey, you know what? Let's look at Auntie Kay. What has Auntie Kay done to get out, to change her life, to change who she is, to better her life, to do good things, to do? It's not that hard to be a fucking good person. But see, look at, and I'll give you a classic example that they gave me in group when I was going through the process of adopting my children. Why is it that abused children cling to their abusive parents? Why is it that those in domestic violence situations refuse to leave their abuser? When you are dealing with the human psyche, people become so beaten down 
they become so conditioned that they actually accept that that's as far as their life can go. Mm. They actually are willing yeah. to accept the familiar, even though it's painful, even though it hurts, it's familiar. And if they don't initially accept the familiar, they self-sabotage in relationships. Oh, girl, you they about, get back to the familiar. You're talking about self-sabotage. That's an entire fucking show. It is. I'm telling <laughs> you, dude, I'm a professional self-sabotager and a professional fucking bricklayer. Dude, I'm telling you, you know, like I said, I guarantee you that's the first and only time my nephew has seen me cry. I'm almost 50 years old. He's Girl. 32. So I'm like, that's what I mean. Like, you're right. But see, I've, brick, I've built walls for a long time in my life. And it took a long time for me to even, and they're still there, but it's taken a long time for me to, to break a lot of those walls. And one of those walls I've broken is in intimacy in those types of relationships. Right. So I don't know. I just feel like my, my chosen family is there for me. I mean, like I said, I can call and you guys know who you are. You know, I can call a few people and they're going to drop everything and they're going to be there for me, dude. I could call my family and they'd be like, Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't have a car right now. Or I could just, I could just hear it right now. There is no fucking way. And, you know, and I have been there for them numerous, countless times, countless times, but it's not, but, but for me, it's not even about how many times I've been there, how many times they've been there for me. But my point is I'm not thinking about calling them. And, you know, part of me thinks that, and see, so I have this guilt because part of me thinks that maybe I should be thinking about calling them. No, fuck that. Fuck that. Don't you have that guilt when, again, when the domestic abuse victim first leaves, the immediate reaction is, what have I done? What have I done to them? Oh my God, how are they going to make it without me? It's not until they reach that point where they've hit rock bottom, where they are so desperate to survive themselves that they're not thinking about things the way they used to. And for me, I had to get to a point in my life where I was so desperate to be healthy, where I was so desperate not to be mentally abused, where I was so desperate not to feel bad about myself that I was willing to sacrifice, to cut those ties. And it still creeps up on me because there are moments even with, my chosen family, where they will call me out and be like, okay, you don't call me. You don't tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. How can I help you if I don't know what's happening? Mm -hmm. Why is it all of a sudden you're doing this tortoise shell thing? And I really have to check myself because they are right. Because of that mistrust, because of that pattern of I'm going to be attacked I'm going to be vilified. I'm not going to be appreciated. I'm not going to be accepted. I'm not going to be loved. I build this whole wall around myself that says, I don't need anybody. I'm self-sufficient. I'm okay. I'm self-contained. Nobody gets in or out. And I'm good with that. And I'm all right with that. And the people who love me, who genuinely love me, have to knock at that wall and be like, "Uh, bitch, you need to take these walls down. Remember, we have been through this. I'm good I'm okay. 
I'm here. You need to let me in. And you're right. Particularly, I would say with my intimate personal relationships and with my parent-child relationship, I've had to relearn a lot of shit. I've had to let go of a lot of shit because it was all about approval. It was all about acceptance. It was all about what can I do to make people love me until I started to understand that it wasn't about me. I was perfectly lovable. Mm. I was perfectly valuable. I just needed to find people who could love me, Mm. who could value me. I needed to build a family of people that were what I needed in a family. Right. And it's hard because I am still very close to my mother. My mother and I, people look at us sometimes and they're like, damn, y'all are just, that relationship is crazy. I can't even explain that. It, it is a tight bond because I realize how much she's had to give up, like you were talking before about your niece. I realize how much my mother has had to sacrifice in order to remain close to me because mm-hmm. I am so different from her biological family. Because I am so outside of the norm of her biological family. Right. And she really has had to dig in her heels and be adamant about the fact that this is my kid. You're not going to call me and talk crazy about my child. You're not going to sit around and talk crazy about my child. We're not going to have coffee and you talk crazy about my child. That's just <laughs> not going to happen. Okay. That would never happen with my mom, dude. My mom won't put up with that shit. But no, I mean, she doesn't put up with anybody's shit, including my sister's shit or anybody else in the family. And it's, it's just disheartening what is going on and how, I don't know. I don't know what I thought it was supposed to be like. I guess I had this, this ideal of what my family would be like, you know, cause like when I was small and maybe, and this is funny because I just think that we didn't know what the fuck was going on, but like, our families would get together. Like everybody was always at my aunt Louise's house. Everybody was at my grandma's house. Everybody was everywhere. Like every fucking weekend, there was some shit going on. So I, I mean, I literally would spend the, the, the summers with my cousins, you know, and um, we would just do shit. We would hang out. We would do all kinds of stuff. And I still, you know, I, I still talk to my cousins. I mean, I'm one in particular, we're, we're pretty close. We don't talk every day or anything, but you know, we always pick up where we leave off. And, um, you know, I noticed that as we all grew up, everybody fucking, their family is very close. Their siblings are very, very close. My siblings, not so close. Like none of us fucking like ever talk. We ever, well, I mean, at least I don't, I mean, I talked to my sister Dana once in a while, but that's online. I just, you know, I've just, I've come to the point where I have to love these people from afar because it fucks with my, my mental state. And I, I, I'm sorry at, at my age now, where I'm approaching 50, I'm to the point where, you know what? My life is halfway over, dude. I do not have time for this shit. I don't have time for your shit. I don't have time for your drama. I'm sorry that you're going through shit. If you want to talk, I'm here, but you know what? I'm not a mind reader. I, I, I can't help you if you don't reach out. I'm not going to go chasing you. I'm, I'm done. You know, me and Leanna had this conversation ourselves. You know, I try to tell her, you know, I'm kind of done with people. And that stems with a lot of relationships that I have in my life right now. I mean, there are people that profess to be my friend, but they're, you know what I mean? They're nowhere to be found. I don't have time to chase your ass. 
You know what well, I'm saying? I'm not going to chase you anymore. Psychologically, I don't have time to do that. I'm See, just not going to chase the, you anymore. The problem is I look at my life now and I am looking at 51. I am staring at 51. Okay. Yeah, I know, girl. You graduated the year before me. Hey, you know, so what I have to be about right now is I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste. I can't be miserable. I can't be unhappy. I can't be having conversations where I'm constantly trying to explain myself to you. It was interesting because we were at a prayer vigil the other night um, in memoriam of George Floyd's death. And the one thing that really resonated for me that I just had to say, I'm sick of justifying my existence. I am tired at almost 51 years old of having to explain me to get validation, to get affection. I don't have time for that anymore. From now on, this is Kim. Here I am. These are all the parts. These are all the pieces. Are you good with this? Does this work for you? If it doesn't, okay, that's fine. Just tell me up front and we can keep it pushing. You can go your way and I can go mine. Because I'm not changing. <laughs> not okay. I'm going to just be real. I mean, you know, Let I'm, changing. I'm changing spiritually, though. You know what I mean? And that's that's becoming something that's important to me, you know, with age. And I think maybe that affects a lot of people with age because you're realizing your mortality. And um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like. Well, there's a difference for me between changing and evolving. I'm always going to evolve as long as I'm alive Every day is going to be a newer, better version of Kimberly. We hope but so. Kimberly, it could, be a, it could be, you could regress and go backwards. <laughs> well, no. I we mean, there's, a lot, of, there's, there's <laughs> a lot of fucking people that do that, but I don't know. I just, I but just, who can, I just feel like. Change. How yeah, Kim I, relates to people is never going to change. Who I am at my core and what I accept and what I value and what is important to me and what my priorities are. That's never going to change. That's like I was saying before. Yes, what you were doing in that moment was your job. But what you did, the choice you made was about who Kay is. Kay would have made that same choice if Kay was flipping hamburgers at McDonald's and saw nephew come in there and steal half the cash out the register. Probably. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, mean, I mean, seriously, it's like that's it's, who you are. Yeah. And not I don't know. I just I signed on a long time ago, a long, long time ago. As a child that I was going to be better, that I was going to do better, that I wanted to do something with my life that I just didn't want to be, you know, I just didn't want to fucking be poor. I didn't want to be like wondering, you know where my next meal is going to come from. I didn't want to be like hopping the bus all the time. I just, I just had goals in sight and I just moved on with those goals. And I just, I, I just feel like sometimes like, I don't know. I kind of feel like right now, like I don't have a family. I feel like my family is my chosen family. You know, I have my mom, I have my niece, I have my wife. I have definitely some good friends. I have my spiritual mom. You know what I mean? Spiritual sisters. I have just in the last few years. I mean, Kim, I've only known you for a few years. And girl, I love you to death, girl. I mean, 
we do get into shit. Thank God I didn't know your fucking ass 25 years ago. Jesus Christ. Girl, we'd have I been... might not be alive, girl. <laughs> a lot of people would have been out of bail money. Let's just put it shit, that yeah, way. Yeah, we we're a mess, but um, but we have fun, you know. And I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we we say bio versus chosen family. I just feel like my chosen family is where it's at right now. And um, well, I you know, I our family. I mean, truly, when I get sick, when I get hurt, I mean. You know, I am very, very connected to people when I I meet them. I either know that you're somebody I can trust, that somebody that's going to be in my life, or I know that you're not. Mm-hmm. Instantly, you and I connected. Instantly, mm-hmm. there are people that I've worked with. There are people that I have served on committees with. There are people in my church that I know instantly. And it's not about, you know, I I call it the Christian fiefdom. It's about that happened to be the place where I connected with someone who resonated with me. I cannot tell you what it felt like the first time I walked into a church because I had grown up in the church and being a gay black woman I had had to separate and sacrifice that because I wasn't accepted Mm -hmm. for me to walk into a congregation where my pastor is gay to be in a pew with families where there are straight families, gay families, single people, straight, single people, gay, single people for me to be in that environment That changed my life. It literally changed my life. It gave me back a part of me that had been missing. It it completed me because not only was it part of my tradition, but it's where I get my strength. It's where I get my fortitude. When I go through the week, I get my ass kicked. I get beat up all week long. And if I can drag myself to a place of solace where people hold my spirit, they hold my soul in their hands and caress it and support it and cry with it and and heal with it, that makes a difference to me. When I sit with my friends, it was interesting because I have a really different, he and I were having a conversation about three weeks ago, and he's been on the show actually. And we we were having conversation at that deep level. I mean, that level where you talk about, you know, there have been moments where I've said, fuck it. I can't do this no more. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm leaving this plane. I'm done with this. And to be able to be that honest with somebody relieves pressure emotionally and psychologically that people don't always understand. And he and I were saying to each other, This is one of the most truthful conversations I've ever had in my life. I could never have that conversation with a lot of the people that I'm related to by blood. Mm, They wouldn't get it. They wouldn't understand it. That's true. And they could certainly never admit that they've been there. Right. But you know what? Those those are the kind of shit, though, that you don't talk about because families like to sweep shit under the fucking rugs. Exactly. You know, I, I seriously, I have a sister like that who likes to pretend like shit ain't happening. Like seriously, it's it blows my fucking mind. Who just is in the biggest fucking 
just a fucking denial. Like, it's like, what fucking world are you living in, bro? Like, oh my God. Like, are you serious? I, I do. I have a sister that's like that. And I, it blows my fucking mind. I mean, somebody could fucking be killing somebody in front of her. She'd be like, nah, that didn't happen. You know, like, I'm like, what in the, whatever. So, you know, I don't know, man. I am just to the point where my biological family just is that, that's what it is. It's just blood. It, It doesn't have any substance. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And that's sad because I never thought, I never thought that I would be saying shit like this, that I would be like, you know, my family's like way the fuck over there and I'm way the fuck over here living my life by myself with my own little family here. It's just, it blows my mind. I mean, I just never thought that there would be no family Christmas at least, and there would be no family Thanksgiving and there would be no 4th of July fireworks together. And there would be no camping trips and there'd be no fishing. And there, wow, we go fishing though all the time, but we go by ourselves a lot, um, you know, due to COVID in the last year. But, um, but you know, I'd, I'd rather fucking go with my friends. But that is the definition of what it means, I think, Kay, for me to grow up. When you're a child, I think you see the facade. And it I is know a for facade. Me, you're you're not fucking lying. Like, like I think that that old that those old traditions of everybody getting together and everybody doing shit was like this facade and we've all seen through it. So mm-hmm. now it's like, fuck it. It ain't going to happen. Like, I mean, I've heard people in my family say, well, I'm going to do this with my family. What the yeah, fuck? Like, exactly. I never heard that as a kid though. No, but you didn't hear if, that. If, as if a you kid. think about being at Aunt Louise's house or somebody else's house, you knew there was some shit going on that you didn't fucking, you know, understand. Right. But as you got older, you started to understand what the fuck was happening. Right. Exactly. So now it's like, I don't know, man. It's just like, if I guess it was a facade and I think those facades now have been broken. Yeah. So now it's like, nah, bitch, we ain't going to your house to get together. We don't even like you. You know what I mean? Like, Because your version of uh, when I was a kid and even as a young adult, everybody drank too. Let's throw that in there. They drank like a fish. I mean, but the whole idea of Christmas, Christmas was my favorite holiday in the whole world. And if you ask me why, I would say, oh, because it's a time when we all get together and we spend time together and we have dinner together and we and we we're just such a close knit family. When the truth of the matter is, when you strip away that facade and you look at it for what it really was, no, it wasn't. It was a time when we called each other, said Merry Christmas. People came by. We said, hey, how was your day? Blah, blah, blah. But we were not together in that Norman Rockwell picture kind of a way that that you made up in your mind. I I made that up in my mind and I bought right. into that. And then when it wasn't happening, I was so disappointed with it that it just broke my heart. And I'll be honest with you, for a long time, I didn't even celebrate Christmas. I was like, fuck Christmas. What? What? I ain't got yeah. time. I don't, I do, I'm I don't even to, like I'm Christmas. Going I'm this. not a big fan of Christmas at all. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of Christmas. I haven't been. Christmas, Thanksgiving. I mean, I just didn't do holidays. I just did not do holidays. I always found some place that I had to be. Always found something that I had to be doing. 
I always made some excuse. I just, I didn't do holiday. Well, I don't know. You know, this year, I don't know. I'm thinking, shit, people are having what? Friendsgiving? I mean, we might have to put our own Friendsgiving together and just have our own because that would be great. I got plenty of friends right now that I can do that with and people will show up. Hey, as I got older, you know, and bring, and bring a dish thing. and bring a dish. Cause you know, there's, Girl, always those come that, on. there's always those people that bring their own damn Tupperware, but don't bring anything. <laughs> no, let me help you. There's always people <laughs> oh, who want to bring a bag of chips to the barbecue and know they ass going to five pounds of rib. Girl, no, I started thinking about this. Like every fucking family barbecue I ever had. Okay. One sister made the potato salad, but who do you think supplied all the meat? Huh. Hmm. Oh, was that me? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but then there'll be people show up not bringing nothing. Oh, I'll bring the pop. Yeah, you're going to bring a couple of two liters. Okay, of some Shasta. Shasta? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Some Fanta. Some Fanta. Mexicans drink Fanta orange. We're going to bring some Fanta Fanta. Hey, we drink Jesus. orange crush. It count. Girl, orange grape crush. Grape, crush. Grape, grape pop. Strawberry yep. crush. Yep. I swear to God, there's always those people that always just cut it like, I don't know, I'll bring the bread. Exactly. I'm like, who the hell how about, how about bringing a stack of burgers? That'd be great. Oh, how you about want you steak? Bring- you better bring your own damn steak. How about you bring some damn pork ribs? Pork ribs are not cheap. I hate okay? you. I hate if you. If you having a barbecue, oh, man. why the hell you going to bring some damn hamburgers? Do you eat hamburgers? No, you don't. You eat ribs. Pork ribs. That's bring because you're black, slabs. Kim. You're black. <laughs> We're Mexican. We don't eat fucking ribs and shit. Okay. Shit, y'all will slide y'all's lips across a damn rib in a heartbeat. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, y'all shit. Y'all come no, to the picnic just like we do. The only difference is you put some salsa on instead of some barbecue sauce. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you. I mean, maybe maybe it's an age thing, you know? Maybe, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. But honestly, I feel like my bio family can kick the fuck. They kick rocks. They can kick rocks and enjoy the rest of their lives because you know what? I'm done. I just feel like, you know, after, after, after hearing about and knowing, you know, the shit that they all fucking talked about me and the shit, fuck you. <laughs> because you know that's what, I'm what saying? really hurts. Fuck me. you and honest. fuck that. Yeah. I'm, that I'm serious. Really it's like, are you serious? Do you know how many times I have been there for these people and they act like, no, the, I think the thing that pisses me off the most though is that they act like that I maliciously wanted to show up in court to convict my nephew. Do they know how fucking divided I was inside? Do they know I didn't sleep a lick two weeks before I had to fucking be in that courtroom? I didn't no. sleep at all. I no, slept like don't three know hours that, a night because they, they didn't ask. They, they don't know that ask. because they don't care. There you go. Bingo. See, the Bingo. one thing that that I had to learn is it's I'll give you a classic example. It's like drug addicts. Drug addicts do not want a recovering addict back in their midst. You know why? Because that addict is proof positive that it can be done. 
-hmm. See, when you have a crab that crawls out of the bucket, the reason all the other crabs reach up and try and pull them back down is because I'm not ready to get out of the bucket. And if you crawl your ass up out of this bucket, you're living proof that it can be done. So I can't just sit down here and complain anymore. Mm. I know that I can get my ass up and out if I really wanted to. Right. Cliches abound. Misery loves company. Yep. If you I don't sit know. in the same just, spot, you grow roots. It's the same concept. It just baffles me, though. It fucking baffles me, though, that people could even think that of me, that I would purposely try to ruin a family member's life on purpose. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Oh, my God. Kim, if you would have seen me or heard me, you can ask Tina. I was so emotional, I couldn't even fucking barely spell my name. The dude was like, I need you to spell your first and last name. Girl, I didn't even spell my first name. I said, my name is Kayleen Granado Nemechek. I said, G-R-A-N-A-D-O. I didn't even spell. And he's like, oh, ma'am, I need you to spell your first name for the court. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's how fucking out of it I was because I was hysterical. I was literally hysterical, Kim. My mouth, I couldn't speak. I mean, the dude said good morning to me. I didn't even even acknowledge him and didn't even realize that that happened until Tina was like, damn, she even she was like, I've never seen you like that. I was like, dude, because I was like, it was painful. Okay. Fuck yeah. But no, but the whole thing about it though, that I'm angry about is that my family doesn't believe that it was painful for me, that they all just thought I was going to go in there. I think I shocked them. I think they thought I was going to sit up there and be like, yeah, that's him. You know, like he's guilty. He's fuck. No, dude, that is not how that went down. And that is not how it would have ever gone down any day of the week. And I just, it's just so disheartening. So you know what? In my view, I kind of feel like, um, I don't know. I kind of feel like me and my mom, like we're alone in this world right now. Like, you know, we're that it's, it's us against the world, you know? And I'm there for her. Tina's there for her. Um, my niece is there for her. And I tell you what, um, if that, so be it, if that's it, so be it. But I do have friends you know, like this is, this is the show. This is a show on bio versus right. Um, chosen family. And right now I'm choosing my friends. I'm choosing them as my family. Well, and I know that I can go to them and they are my family. They are my true family. They may not be blood. They may not be blood, but I know that they love me and I know that they care about me and I know that they respect me. And I know that some of them are even proud of me. There you go. Because it's not about, it's not about bio versus chosen ultimately, Kay. It's about finding that definition of family. Because yeah. the truth it's is. Not always, it's not always blood. It's not the definition that it is, no, right? It's it not isn't. the biological definition. That's bullshit. Because I tell you what, man, I have some people that I fucking adore that have lifted me up when I have been to my lowest. And believe me, there have been times in my life where I have completely been low, like you were saying earlier, you, that conversation you had with your friend. Hell yeah, I've been there. I've been there where I'm like, I am done with this world. Maybe if I just drove my car into this wall or off this cliff or, you know, I certainly I certainly wouldn't do it with a gun because I can't fuck up my pretty face. But uh, this that's, no, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because that's no, because that psychologically, that's why women don't shoot themselves because they don't want to fuck up their face, right? Shit. 
Psychologically, so, women don't shoot themselves because we already keep a headache 24-7. We don't need right another word. one. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, I've been there. I've been at the bottom of the barrel, you know. I've been there wondering how I was going to fucking pay that bill. I've dodged them fucking people calling up. Hello, I'm trying to reach Kayleen, right? I mean, that's fucked up. But I've been there. I've yeah, been you- there and answered those phone calls, you know. And, well, um, and I've, I've been I've, like, no, she don't live here. Right. You know, but I've I have moved on from that. Before. I have moved on from that. So, you know, if I can move on from that, I guess it's as easy as that. There One, are two, people three. who, I mean, honest to God, understood me without me uttering a word. There are people in my life that I don't have to explain to them that it was a deep and emotional hurt for me not to be able to conceive my own children. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to explain that to them. I didn't have to explain my evolution in having to actually go and get help because I will go to a doctor. And that means I will go to a psychiatrist because my mental health is just as important as my physical health. And that's not something I had to explain. There are people who get that and there are people who can embrace that. And there are people who can say, that doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a person who's intent on being healthy so that when you do go into relationships with other people, like I said, whether it's friendships or intimate personal relationships or even parenting relationships, I don't want my kids to go through life with the same baggage I had to unload. If I can give them a head start on their emotional well-being, then that's what I'm going to try and do. Of course, I can't experience life for them. They're going to have their own traumas. They're going to have their own pains. As well as I've tried to do things, there are going to be some shit I didn't do right. But the fact of the matter is, if I can get them started, particularly on the mindset that it's okay to work on you. Right. That's well, okay. That doesn't you, make you invaluable. It doesn't make prime you example, Kim, or bad. You're a prime example of why bio doesn't matter. Regardless of whether or not you and your children share blood, those are your children. Yeah, they are. And I never realized it as much, Kay, truthfully, as my oldest daughter has been identifying with her sexual orientation and her gender identity. And, you know, it was interesting because in a lot of ways, the final straw for me, so to speak, with bio versus chosen in terms of family was, okay, if they have the same reaction to my child as they did to me, the shit's going to be on. We don't have a problem. Okay. And it was really that maternal instinct that overrode that biological family instinct in a lot yeah. of ways. Cause I was like, Oh hell no. You about not about to tell my child she's wrong. You not right. that whole love the sinner hate the sin. That ain't about to happen with my kid. My kid's not about to find herself in a world 
where the people who are supposed to love and support her and not attack her are the very people who are critiquing who she is and telling her who she is is bad and she Mm. needs to work on it and she just needs to find herself. That's not going to happen to her. And so in a lot of ways, I then started to understand how it was for my mother when she had to separate to a large degree from our biological family to stay aligned with me and to be a part of my life. And then you have the whole, you know, guilt thing that I feel around, well, hell, she's had her brothers and sisters longer than she's had me. And why am I breaking up that relationship? You know, and you go through all of that. But the truth of the matter is, it's like you said, I still love my biological family members. I just have to love them from afar. I have to accept who they are and then set boundaries for myself that allows me to live in peace and harmony in relation to who they are. Right. And you're right. Boundaries, boundaries for real. But at this point, I, man, I'm just just moving on. I'm just moving on up. I'm just moving on out. You have to do my own thing. You got to move forward. There's nothing I can do about this. And there's nothing I'm choosing to do about this. It is what it is. So bye. That's how I really feel about it. That's honestly how I feel about it. And it's, and does it hurt me? Absolutely. It hurts me. And to my core, to my fucking core. But you know what? I just know that I'm loved by others and I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. And I am okay with loving those people from afar. I am okay with that. And you I have still love them. I still love them. Okay There's no that. doubt. That's never going to change. But I just can't. I can't with you. I can't with you. But you have to get okay with that, Kay. And unfortunately, and 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 I don't mean this to sound discriminatory, but for ethnic individuals, I think it's that evolution, that step is even harder because it is part of our culture to be tight knit. It is for part of our culture mm-hmm. to buy into that facade of family. And so to step outside of that is not only a betrayal mm-hmm. um, to our to our personal families, it's a betrayal to our culture. And I think that makes it even harder for us to be able to evolve and change and say, no, this is not who I am. This is not good for me. That was for me the biggest choice between bio versus chosen was being able to admit to myself, this is not good for me. Mm, I can't point. keep doing this. Yeah. Because if I keep doing this, then Kim is never going to be whole, healed, or healthy. And so once I was able to tap into that, it made the decision-making process a lot easier, not only with my bio family, but even with my chosen family. Because there are people who come into your life for a time, a season, or a reason. Not everybody comes to stay. Somebody comes, some people come to pass. And it's important that they come, but it's also important that they pass. That's true. And I've had a few, though, that have stayed. I, mm-hmm. I have some that have stayed. And that's those are my family. That's my family. But um, anyway, Kim, 
Thank you. This is like, I swear to God, this conversation for me, it's like free therapy. I swear we've all, and numerous oh, people have said girl, this, about this yes. numerous people have said this, that it's like having free therapy, but, um, I've enjoyed our discussion tonight. It's, it's, you know, brought out a lot of me, a lot of things that were on my mind, a lot of things that, um, I needed to get off my chest. And, um, I just, I don't know. I'm These tired. shows always force me to be real in a way that I think it's hard to always be, mm-hmm. you know, when you yeah, sit down sure. and really tackle a topic and you're honest about it, yep. that is some serious unearthing. And so talk amongst friends, y'all come hang out with us, come For share sure. this stuff with us. Absolutely. We here. Tell we us are. what you want to talk about and we'll talk about it. For sure. All right, Kim, have a good night. Thank you for this topic. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being my co-host, dude. This is Thank this is you awesome. For asking awesome. me. It was so much fun. All right. Well, have a good night, everyone. Good night. And that concludes this episode of Talk Amongst Friends. Thank you for joining us. 